What's up, City Life Suffolk? How's everyone doing today? Everyone doing good? It's so good to be here, man. You guys have an incredible pastor. Don't I love Pastor Juice. You guys are so, like, y'all get to listen to him preach every Saturday. I hope you guys know what, what y'all have. Y'all have an incredible pastor. Ex- Shut up now. I'm not sure what's what's going on. Okay, well, that was short, short-lived. short Okay, stay alive now. But, 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 man, he is an incredible preacher. I podcast him. He, he, he can take, you know, Jay-Z sermons or um, Jay-Z songs and, and Bible sermons and, and somehow make it match in, in really only the way Juice possibly can. And, and so, man, you are just blessed. One more time, give it up for Pastor Juice, your pastor. We love him. This is awesome, man. Juice and and I, we typically meet up monthly, bi-monthly, bi- and we'll just go to a, a coffee shop and we'll just like be like, man, you know what, man? Ministry is so hard. And we'll just gripe and groan. You know, da, 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 da. But, but Juice loves you, man. Juice prays for you. He pours into you. And you guys are an incredibly blessed church to have Juice as your pastor. A 10 cent uh, tour uh, about myself. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Kristen, right down here. We have been married. We're actually going to be married for 10 years, July 5th. Uh, so, with, so I have the, the triangle of death. June 19th is her birthday. June 30th is my birthday. And July 5th is our anniversary. So we are broke during this time. So we're going to take a special offering right now. Ushers, y'all want to come back, come back down. Because we, we, so this is the time period where it is, it is just like uh, we are just broke. We have a bunch of different things going on. So we have been married for 10 years. We have three boys, seven, uh, four, and two. Jackson, seven. Dallas is two. And we have a four-year-old named Judah. Um, we actually were in youth ministry for 10 years um, before stepping out in September of 2017 to start Lifehouse Church in Newport News, Virginia, at the Regal Cinemas, uh, where uh, where City Life Church started, and uh, so 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 man, let me tell you, the City Life has just been amazing. Like you have an amazing pastor, Fred Juice. They have been so supportive as we have been trying to get Lifehouse started, and so um, man, we are just so so grateful. So we stepped out and started Lifehouse. Uh, we had our first service September 17th, 2017. So we're about 10 months old. We're still figuring out what the heck we're doing. And, uh, but things are going extremely well. And then also too, I'm a huge Jacksonville Jaguars fan. You might not have never met any of them, but I am a Jaguars fan. Um, <laughs> they actually have fans here. Yes. And I'm still salty about losing to the Patriots in the championship game, Nate and them. I know you guys are not salty at all. I hate the Patriots. They, I can't say what I want to say in church. I'm preaching now. No, I'm just kidding. And lastly, I stutter. I'm a stuttering preacher. Some of y'all are like, that exists. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> so, so look, there's going to be times here. I'm going to be trying to get words out. I'm, you know, you know, I might repeat something. I'm, I'm going to, to at some point get, get it out. You, you, you can laugh, but just know this hell is hot, and I don't want you to go there, okay? No, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> you can laugh. 
You know what, man? It was the craziest thing. Whenever God told me, called me, said, you're going to preach, I, me, and I tell you what, Moses, we have, uh, we, me and God had a similar conversation Moses had. It's kind of like, yo, God, are you on crack or something? <laughs> like, you want me to do what? But he was like, no, I want you to go and speak because it's not about you. It's about what I'm going to speak through, 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 through you. So I'm just like, okay, God, I'm going to go out and speak. And the bottom line is, it's on him. And I did youth ministry, and I survived for 10 years. <laughs> and God was really, 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 really good. So do you know what? Yes, I do stutter, but at the same time, I don't want you to be awkward. Like, oh, man, why is he nervous? Or is, you know, is he forgetting what he's saying? I just, I just want to see what's, I'm going to get it out at some point. All right, just be patient. I am God's tool to breed in you patience today, okay? <laughs> I am God's tool to help you learn the virtue of patience today. You're welcome. Okay. So let me ask you guys this. What would change in your life if you had more faith? What in your life would change if you trusted God more? What would change in, in your finances if you had more faith and trusted God more? What would change in your family if you had more faith and you trusted God more? What would change the feeling inside of your heart, the anxiety and doubt and worry and stress, what would change inside of your heart and inside of your mind if you trusted God more? I'll just be honest. I think many Christians, we have trust issues. <laughs> when you really boil down, when you really get down to the the bottom of it, of, of why we have a tough time giving God a portion of our money. When you really boil it down, why, why do we not make church a priority? When we boil it down, why don't, why don't we make God's word and community a huge part of our lives? I think you can honestly boil it down to there, there is a lack of trust that, that what God said is true and who God actually is. The, the, you know what? God actually rewards those, scripture says, Hebrews 11, 6, those who earnestly seek him and believe that he exists. So what would change in your life if your faith level grew a little bit? If your trust level grew a little bit, what in your life would be different? How much less stress would you feel? How would things in your family be if you prayed even what the disciples prayed when they said, Jesus, give us more faith? I think that is a prayer that we all need to be praying. God, give me more faith. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal your faith. Why? Because if he gets your faith, he gets your what? Obedience. If he gets your obedience, he gets your, your generosity. If, if, if he gets your faith, he gets your peace. Because ultimately, Hebrews 11.6 tells us this, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Now, I've been taught in counseling classes, marriage counseling classes, to teach couples to never use words like always and never, <laughs> right? It's like whenever, you know, honey, you never love me. You always do this. Every time I want dinner, you always, I make you dinner and you just always complain, right? And, and, and so like, 
I've been taught not to use always, but Scripture here uses this word, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that he both exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Whenever Scripture uses this word, it's impossible. Why? Because faith is the foundation of what we do, what we say. Faith is the foundation of our faith. That if we're going to act, and we're just not going to talk, but if we're going to actually act, there is this faith, there is this deep embedded trust that we put in God, that God is who he says he is, and that God will respond whenever we step out to do what he asks and what he requires of us. Faith. faith. So, so my, my whole goal tonight is if I, if I can lift your faith level just one notch. If you can walk out of this place today saying, holy smokes, I see faith differently and my faith has grown even a little bit, I will feel like that my job has been done. And I just want to share a couple things with you tonight that, that I believe if you, soak, if you soak these in and get them in your spirit, in your heart, these things will grow you in your faith and hopefully propel you not to just have more information, but have more transformation, and that comes not by what you say, but how you act and what you do. The first thing is this. Understand that faith is like a muscle. It won't grow unless it's tested. Now, I know you would probably look at me and be like, what a physical specimen. I mean, what an absolute and complete stud this guy is. Like, how did he get these guns? How does he have such nice, thick legs and thick calves? I know that's what you're thinking, okay? But, you know, I, I work out a little bit. I've kind of slacked off here in the past month. But in the past four, three and a half years that, that I have actually worked out, there is something that I have deeply learned, and that is this muscle grows from time under tension. Time under tension. And faith is the exact same way. Faith is just like a muscle. It grows whenever it's tested. Now, I don't know about you. I don't necessarily enjoy my faith being tested. Why? Because it feels a lot like work. In the same way you work out, what you are basically doing is you're destroying, you're testing your what? Muscles so they can be torn apart and rebuilt and be stronger. And faith is the exact same way, where, where faith isn't strengthened unless it's tested. The way you build muscle is the same way you build faith. It's time under tension. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 tells us this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I'm not that kind of joyful guy that says when things bad happen, I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! I'm about to get tested. About to get my faith built up. Give me that pre-workout. Let's go. I'm more like, God, you hate me. God, you told me if I serve you, things would be better. My finances would be better. My family would be better. My relationships would be better. I'm doing, Lord, I'm doing the equation right. What the heck is going on? Why am I encountering this sort of pushback? And God's like, because I want you to be stronger, and I want to mature you, and I want to grow you. It says, consider a pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because these are producing perseverance. These are, this is producing muscle. Now, so I, it, in, but, 
really what's got to actually happen for us to see trials not as God's punishment towards us, but, but, but for it to actually seeing it as training isn't that we need God to change our circumstances. Many times we need to change our perspective. We always pray, God, change my circumstance. God, make this easier. Maybe we need to say, God, let me see it differently. God, let me not just see this as, woe is me. God, maybe you should ask, God, what are you showing me? Or God, what are you preparing me for? Because here, here's the bottom line, right? We, we tend to see things short-sighted. So we see when God is taking us through, through something, we're, we're, we're kind of like, we only see the circumstance, we only see what is possibly happening to us, what is happening when we see here, God sees down here. God is saying, if you don't get through this, if you aren't strengthened here, there's no way you're going to be able to deal with this. Cancer that you're walking through right now, if you don't get through that, I've got 15 people right over here. Your story is going to touch and inspire them. We need to change our perspective in how we see Life, trials, issues, struggles, doubts, worries, anxieties, all of these things that we think is, is going uh, against us because of something we did or because God is punishing us in actuality. If we change our perspective, we actually see that God is taking, is taking us through it and with us through it so he can make us stronger because he sees what's on the other side and how he's going to take it and use it for your good and for his glory. So if, if we're going to grow in our faith, maybe we need to not say, God, give me better circumstances. God, change my perspective. What would happen in your life if you said, God, don't just take this away, but God, change my perspective? Because the, the bottom line is this. I mean, how, how many know we got some crazy workout fads going on? I mean, I saw this one thing, man, where it was, you know, like made for TV or something like that. And it was an ab belt. Have you all seen that thing? where you put this ab belt on, and it's supposed to electronically shock your abs. And it's supposed to, I guess, recreate a sit-up. <laughs> it's supposed to create the crunching action. So <laughs> I love it because it's like, put the belt on. And it's got this guy sitting down watching TV, flipping through channels, sitting at his desk working. And, yeah, you're getting electrocuted in your core just so you could have beautiful, tight abs. That is so American. Like, let me do the least amount of work I could possibly do to get what is sexy, to get what looks good. So I'm going to, and unfortunately, this is what we do to our faith. We think faith is like an app. Just download it. It's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. I can, I can just kind of skirt the process, but faith is not that way. You, you'll be able to tell what kind of faith you have when life hits. Not if life hits, but when life hits. Kay, Kay Warren. I don't know. It's Rick Warren's wife. And, you know, Rick Warren, he wrote the book Purpose Driven Life. It's the second best-selling book of all time, 30 million copies. It's the second best-selling book. Then um, it's the second best-selling book. The first best-selling book of all time is the Bible. The secondly is Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. His wife, though, their family had a complete tragedy happen. Their 30-year-old son committed suicide. I mean, you're talking about Rick Warren, like one of the most 
uh, I mean, one of the most influential pastors in the whole United States. And his son killed himself. And, and Kay Warren, whenever they were asking her about this, this tragic moment, she said this, somebody recently asked how I survived my son's suicide. I told him I've spent, I've, I've sent my spiritual roots deep into the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances tried to boot, tried to brutally rip out the tree of my faith, but the roots held. Let me tell you what, you don't withstand a son's suicide by skirting the process. You don't withstand getting that news you don't want to hear by, by putting an ab belt on and, and, and being like, oh, you know, I, I know I'll get a little bit of faith, but I, you know, it's just, no, it's like you almost have to go through the process in order to get the results. So I want to challenge you against this kind of shallow mentality, not enough time. It's like, no, if we're going to get the results that faith gives, we got to put in the work to get the results. And do you know what that work is? Unfortunately, it's going to be resistance. You know, actually having faith might cause resistance. Think about it this way. Daniel said, I'm not bowing to this God. Shadrach, Meshach. What's the other one? Abednego. I'm a terrible preacher. (laughs) I should know that. They said, we're not bowing down. And do you know what their faith got them? Thrown in a furnace. Sometimes your faith might actually cause resistance. But that faith, what that faith is actually doing is it's working for your good because you're just getting stronger. You're just, you're just getting more buffed. You're getting more built. So what if you changed your perspective from God is punishing me to, man, I can actually get built here and be able to withstand whatever is thrown my way. A second thing to build your faith is put more faith in God's character than your circumstances. I believe if we sincerely get this point, it will change our lives. Because how many of you know many of us ride the roller coaster of faith? It's like get on the ride, put the thing, thing down, strap, strap in. You consistently feel like you're like bipolar. Like, like you are like one day up, the, the next day down. You're like, if things are good, the bank account looks good. God is good, brother. God, just love them. If things are, oh, I'm going through a test. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like you're just consistently up and down. There's no consistency be, because you are putting your faith in what you can see in your circumstances. There, therefore, you have a roller coaster faith. And really, when we look at God's character throughout Scripture, we see ultimately that God's a father. And I'll be honest, the thing that made me grow more in my faith than any other thing, probably besides the Bible, besides, you know, prayer and all that stuff, is being a dad. Where it's like, I, I now understand what God went through to get me here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, God. If I am this one-year-old on the ground throwing a tantrum, I don't know how you didn't murder me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know how you did not just say, get rid of me, because that's what I want to do right here, God. So I need you. <laughs> right? But, but it's like, the, ultimately, God's a father. He's not a sugar daddy. Right? It's like, we want God to be a sugar daddy that, that, that just kind of like gives us whatever we want, whenever we want it. And really, that's what, unfortunately, some people characterize faith as. 
Oh, if you're the one that prays, you're the one that gets all the stuff. You must have more faith than everybody. And, and, uh, but, but ultimately, see, God is a father, and a good father sometimes tells their kids, no. I'm not going to give my kid Mountain Dew and Sour Skittles for breakfast. No matter how much they tell me I'm a bad dad, no matter how much they get, you know, and I've got a seven-year-old now, so he can, he can do some verbal sparring, you know, and, and he's, you know, he, he says, you don't listen to me, and, you know, he just, you don't like me, you know, and just they saying all of this stuff because he's trying to get me to do what he wants him to do. And I'm like, Jackson, I know what's better for you. You don't know your butt from a hole in the ground. Just be quiet. <laughs> right? But it's like you could probably see God. I mean, we, we are our kids. That is us. God takes something, or God, you know, and we're like, God's abandoned me, this, that, and the other thing. But really what we're doing, my kids are putting more stock in their feelings than they are in their daddy's character. They're putting, well, I feel I want this. This is what I want instead of saying, because they're just not there yet. Like, they don't understand. No, I'm not going, you know, a two-year-old, he's going around walking, picking up a cigarette butt. And I'm like, don't eat that. Put that down. Like, that's not good. And then he gets mad at me for smacking it out of his hand. It's like, he just doesn't understand. But kids put more, here, here's the thing. Immature people put more stock in their feelings instead of what dad wants. And, and, and I believe growing in our faith is we can become mature enough to say, my faith in God's character has got to trump my feelings. Because if feelings rule you, we all know how feelings are. Feelings are up and down. One day you wake up, you don't know why you, why you feel that, that way. But if you put trust in God's character, that he's for you, that he's a good father, that he loves you, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. If you put your, build your faith on God's character, then circumstances might get to you, but they won't define you. You'll learn how to process them, and you will learn how to see through your circumstances into the character that God is good. Like I said earlier, I always thought those that had the most faith were those that could pray and see something happen. You know, it's like the ones that had the most faith, like you know those people in church, I grew up in church, and you know the people, man, when they pray, something happens. Which is, which is definitely true. Like you have people, they have Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 mentions the gift of faith, and people have that, healing, signs, wonders. We believe in that. We believe God does that. But unfortunately, I've been around a lot of people that have prayed for those things, and they didn't happen. And honestly, people have beat themselves up. I didn't have enough faith. You know, I've seen people, like, beat others, like, literally, like, I mean, beat them down. Like, you don't have enough faith. Like, you just need more, you know. But, but it's like what I've kind of learned is that sometimes the people that have the most faith are those who can pray for something, and God tells them no, and they still love them and serve them. They say, I'm not going to define you, God, by a no. I'm not going de- to define you. I'm not going to define who you are by what you tell me no to. 
You say, God, even though I don't understand why you're telling me no, why you're not giving me what I want and why what I think is better and I think you should give this to me because this is what I think. It, instead, you say, God, I'm going to put my faith not in what I feel, not in what my circumstances are. I'm going to put my faith in what your character is, that you are a good dad. You know better. And that's the bottom line. The faith chapter, you know, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. You know, it's got all these heroes of the faith. You know, you got those that conquered kingdoms, shut the mouths of lions, went in the flames and came out undone. And I mean, you know, you know, it talks about, you know, David and Gideon and Daniel and it's all the Old Testament people I can think of right now. Abraham and Noah and all these great people of faith. But then Hebrews 11, chapter 35 through 38 actually goes into a unique portion of scripture where it it says this, there were others who were, so this is the hall of faith. So this is like the hall of fame of faith. So this, so this is like the, what is that thing out in North Dakota the, the, that's got the president's faces? Mount Rushmore. So this is kind of like the Mount Rushmore of faith where they're talking about all these great guys. And then they're talking about qualities, of, about qualities that they have. But then it goes into this. And he's talking about people that had incredible faith. He says there were others who were tortured. <laughs> but they had faith. There were others that refused to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Anyone want to have some faith? But, but, see, we always want to shout about the people that had faith. They saw these incredible things. But no one wants to say those who had faith also got sold in two. Because that doesn't go on a good heaven and earth coffee mug to sell. That's not on Christian greeting cards. Hebrews 11.35, brother. You face jeers. <laughs> All right, no one's putting that on any Christian greeting card. But the same people that have faith to see things happen also had the same faith when God told them no. So if we, just, if we build our faith on the fact that God is good, his character is good, that God is for us, he won't leave us, he won't forsake us, that God is with me instead of this roller coaster, things are good, things are, things are bad, I guarantee you, your faith will take an incredible step. Let me tell you, I've lived this. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed to God, let me not stutter no more. I'm like, God, you see these people out in the audience? They think I'm, they, they think I'm crazy. It's like, God, like, I mean, I've, you know, I've even given God the whole prayer of, God, I'll do anything. <sighs> Have you ever done those, those prayers? <laughs> like, God, I'll do anything. Like, I will go to Africa. <laughs> you know, I'll, go to, I'll go to wherever you want me to go. Just take this away from me. God, I mean, you know, I mean, I've, I've fasted. I've prayed. I've gone to people that, you know, had a lot of, of faith. And you know what God told me? I mean, up to this point, what God's told me, he's told me no. So honestly, I've, I've got a choice. I, I, I can say, God, okay, either you don't like me. I'm not your favorite. I'm not Stephen Furtick. I'm not Joel Osteen. <laughs> I'm not your favorite. Or, or I, I can say, Instead of asking why, and I've asked that a whole lot, but at the same time, you've got to transition from why to then saying, how can I use this for God's good and for, and for my good and for God's glory? And God, what are you trying to show me through this? 
And if we have more faith in God's character more than our circumstances, the questions will turn from why and they'll turn to how can you use this for my good and for your glory? And God, what do you want to show me through this? That right there is maturity. That right there is faith. Why? Because if, if you build your life on, on this, then honestly, you can't lose. Because the whole goal of this thing is to be more like Jesus. That's what the whole point of faith. That's why we go through trials. And I mean, it's so ultimately we can be more like Jesus. It's not so we can have what we want in life. Our greatest desire as a follower of Jesus Christ should be our character. Not to be anything else that, God, that we want God to give us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yes, the context for that, though, was God will give you food and clothing. It wasn't a Benz. It wasn't a nice house. It was saying, if you follow Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God. He will give you food and clothing. But the ultimate point of following Jesus is to be more like him. So if, if what happens to you is meant to build you and strengthen you, and you put more faith in God's character, then you're a circum- I mean, just... You can't lose, y'all. What a position, what a faith-filled confidence that gives you that no matter what happens in life, yeah, you're going to feel it. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. But at the end of the day, you can honestly say, I can't lose. Because everything works together for your good. Romans 8, 20, not that all things are good, but all things do work together for the good if you allow God and give it to him and let him shape it, mold it, and make it into his own mosaic. So, I mean, just imagine walking around with that Christ-like boldness, that Christ-like confidence of knowing there is nothing that isn't for my good. There is nothing that is not working to make me more like Jesus Christ if we let him. Lastly, though, and I'll close here, the, the third thing to build your faith, you realize it's time under tension Secondly, that you put more faith in God's character than your circumstance. Third, third, thirdly, it is God's faithfulness in the past that is fuel that you need to trust God's faithfulness in the future. Some, some of us, you, me, all of us, look back and we can think there were times that God wasn't there. And, and, and we, can, you know, we can look, God, where were you in, in, in these times? But let me tell you, you're sitting in this building, right? right now. I don't know, you might be beat up, jacked up, messed up, whatever, but at the same time, you're sitting in this building. You sitting in this building is evidence of God's goodness to you. It's evidence of God's grace to you. If you're sitting in this room right now, God has been faithful to you. And I have seen this, that as we sometimes, we need to take a second look on our past. You know, because we can, we can kind of keep going on, keep, keep going on, just keep asking God, why, 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 when, when really we need to take a second look and look at God's, what we might have not perceived as God's faithfulness in the past. We need to take a second look and actually see it again from a different perspective and see, holy smokes, God was faithful to me. And it's that, that we see that God's faithfulness in the past that is fuel to give us faith to see us through in the future. I remember a few years back, Kristen and I, we were going through a financial hardship. And, um, you know, I was a pastor and I thought I had faith and I thought I trusted God. But it was like one of those moments that it was like, yo, honestly, like God, for real? 
It was one of those like for, like for real moments. And, you know, we were having kids. I was, I was somewhat in between jobs. And um, we were gonna have about a $3,500 difference from summertime that um, we just did not have. And so we had just done a tax return and we were gonna get some money back, but it was definitely lower than what I thought. And I was like, you know, I just didn't, didn't know what to do. A couple days later, we, I mean, there's this insane amount of money in our bank account. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, have I done, have I sold drugs? Is there some sort of, you know, like, cause I'm, I literally, like, I just go into online banking, mobile banking, and I see that it's like crazy amount of money in, in there. And I click on it and there was, there was a deposit for $3,500 from the IRS. Then I got really scared, <laughs> right? Like, talk about the IRS, like death and taxes are the two things that are guaranteed in this life. God's faithfulness, death and taxes, right? It's like the IRS is gonna get theirs regardless. Like they're gonna get theirs, they're gonna make sure you pay, right? Well, I just re- remember like, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna set this money aside. I don't know why it's here. I'm not going to call them because <laughs> it might have been an accident. Whoops, saith the Lord, you know. <laughs> Wonderful. Great. But, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, well, about a couple weeks later, I get a letter in the mail. It's from the IRS. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. They, they made a mistake. Well, apparently when we were doing our tax return, we missed the child credit. Like, we missed it. And they caught it. And, and they gave us money for our mistake. I said, Jesus, if you can use the IRS <laughs> to provide what we lack, say he won't do it, somebody. And, and do you know what? Like, I don't say that to say the IRS is going to give you money. Because they're probably not. They're probably going to take it. They're going to hit you where it hurts. But what I'm saying is it's little things like that that you look back on that now whenever, see what that was is James chapter one, verse two through four. It was training me. Because now if we hit financial issues coming, coming up, let me tell you what I'm gonna do. Yep, I remember God used the IRS. He'll use the IRS. He'll use anybody. He'll use Satan. <laughs> He'll use the, I mean, the point is this, what, what do you need to look back on today that maybe you're lacking in your faith? You're, you're having trust issues. You're trusting, you're, you're doubting God's goodness. You're doubting God's provision. You're doubting God's faithfulness to you. That maybe you need to pause, Selah, and take a look back and look back and dwell on how God has been faithful to you in the past. Why? Because that's going to be the fuel that you need to get you through A, what you're going through right now, or B, what you're going to encounter coming up. Because I'm telling you, y'all, scripture tells us this. When we are faithless, God is faithful. There are, there are so many times in scripture, Jesus would heal people that had no faith. He would heal people that had no faith. So our faith level is not de- is not the determining factor. It's God's goodness. It's God's grace. It's God's character. 
So what do you need to take a second look back on today? You'd be like, maybe you thought Jesus wasn't there, but actually he was there and he kept you. Because you need some fuel today. I want to challenge you, man. Don't dismiss time under tension. Put more faith in God's character and take a second look. Because here's the deal. The enemy wants to steal your faith because if he steals your faith, he steals your obedience. He wants your obedience. And the Christian life is built on this idea of faith and trust that God is who he says he is and he responds to those who seek him. So I want to challenge you today. What would change in your life if you had more faith? I pray you walk out today viewing your circumstances differently. I pray you walk out today knowing God's heart and character for you. And I pray you walk out today knowing, take a second look and see God's faithfulness in the past because it's gonna be the fuel that you need. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Lord, you know each person's heart here. You know where each person is. So God, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do today. We know, ultimately, you desire more about, or you are more concerned about who we're becoming more than what we do. So God, I, I pray for each person's heart as change begins there, that you would pour your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, and you would show them more of who you are. You would change their perspectives. And God, help them to see maybe something in their past that you were working out for their good. And let that be the fuel that they need. Really, really quickly, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just, I don't, I don't know people here, so I'm, you know, I don't ever want to not preach and not give anybody the opportunity to, to say, I want to start this journey of faith. It begins with faith. It is sustained with faith in God. But maybe today, you just want to start the journey of faith and following God. And that's, that's what it says. Scripture tells us this, that it is by grace through faith. Grace, it, grace meaning this, there's nothing you could do to earn God's love for you. And faith is simply a trust. If you just want to say, John, I, I just want to, I want to start my journey of faith today in following God and putting my faith that what Jesus did on the cross for me covers my sin and makes me right with God, so what we're going to do, I'm just going to pray, and really, I'm just going to ask everybody to join in here. Everyone, if you would just say this out, out loud with me, and if this is your first time praying this prayer and committing your life to God, I'm going to believe if you pray this prayer sincerely, no, no matter how far you feel or how far you are away from God, if you pray this prayer with sincerity, that God will do something new in your life today. Repeat this after me, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. I surrender my life to you, the good and the bad. I put my faith, I put my trust in your finished work on the cross, that you died for my sin, that when I was a sinner, you died for me. Thank you. I surrender my life to you. Come and change me, transform me, and mold me more to who you are. Jesus, 
strengthen my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time, Suffolk family, can we just kind of give it up for anyone that said that prayer today for the first time? If you did say that prayer today and, and you sincerely meant it, right after our service, Anthony Hilt, he's the tall, goofy guy with the brown hat on. You want to go see, see him right after service, he would love to, to pray with you and connect with you. What we're going to do right now, church, that we're just going to go back into a time of, of seeking God. Would you just stand, stand with us? We're going to pray. Whatever business you need to do with God today, maybe your prayer is the disciples' prayer. God, strengthen my faith. Whatever business you need to do with God today, whatever circumstance you need to have a different perspective on, whatever business you need to do with God today, let's take this time, let's, let's, let's take these final moments of this service and let's see God and let's see what God wants to do in us.